Josh Grambo. Megan O'Neill, you're the host of uh, T Street Tuesday Open Mic here in Denver, correct? Correct. Yes, T Street. I never, I literally could not remember that until I just said it, and then it was in there. Which is a very important mic. It's a, uh, we have Comedy Works here. Denver Comedy Works lets us in the new talent system, so we call in every week. And we might get three or four minutes to go up on stage. Every single Tuesday, different comics go up. It's a very important resource to have an early mic before comedy works that we can go run our set. So I'm appreciative of it. Oh, good, good. I'm, I'm glad you are. Yes. And with your co-host, Miss Laura Thompson, who did my show, Punchline Jeopardy, last night and rocked the shit, which you were there. I saw it all. It was fantastic. Hell yeah. So what's the what's the comedy plan for the weekend? Anything coming up? Uh not this weekend, but next week I'm gonna do back to back shows. Oh yeah? Uh, yeah. So Friday I will be on the Wheel of Doom with Nasty Bits. Oh boy. Yes, I'm excited for that. I haven't been on it before. Oh yes. Well we'll talk about that. What's the second one? The second one is Saturday night at Nowhere Bar, so it'll be a good time. Oh, love that show. Love that show. I always try to hit that up whenever I can. But we must talk about John Rummery's Wheel of Doom. Oh, my God. For people that aren't local that might be listening to us, John Rummery has a show where he has a, a wheel, and comics will go up and spin the wheel, and there's many different options. Could be hot peppers, could be wear a gimp mask and do comedy, could be put on a diaper, could be all three. So were you aware of this when you accepted this gig? Uh, I knew it was going to be weird, and I'm strangely excited for it. Like, it's not my fault. I got the wheel set up. Yes. Yeah, I uh, pretty much will auto say yes to any gig you know, in the state, damn near, you know, but John Rummery's Wheel of Doom scares the shit out of me. My first time I had an experience with it was, I always heard of it, never knew exactly what it was, and our old buddy Phil Corridor did it, and he gets the all three, so this kid is got someone like, you know the old gag where you put so, like your arms behind your back and they put your their arms there and they pretend like they're your arms they stand behind you <laughs> yeah. so someone's doing that I can't remember who who was operating him as the puppet so he has to wear a diaper so he's half naked with his literally with his dick and balls like flopping out of this loosely t- tied diaper then he's got the arms going through there then he got a gimp mask on and he had to eat hot peppers so as the hot peppers are kicking in, he's not even able to talk. So while he's supposed to be going into his material, all that you hear is, oh, oh. Meanwhile, which I, God, I wish you could remember it was, which woman it was that was operating his arms. Forgive me, someone out there that hears this will know. And so she's puppeting him, like doing the whole Kogan, like, like, let me hear you while Phil's just going, oh. It was. It, I mean, it traumatized me. So from here on out, I'm terrified. If John ever asked me to do that show, I'm just like, man, I'm scared. I don't want to wear a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
was fantastic. Yeah, so how much time do you get? No, no excuses. Somebody else told me what to do. That's that's fine. I like that. Okay, well, then you're going to make a good wife someday. <laughs> Look, I'm not into that. I'm not into that crazy shit, but he said to do it. He spun a wheel. Maybe that's what I should do with my wife. Maybe I should get a wheel of fuck. Oh, and then you. It sounds like he's got limits, though. Like, that's what I Yeah, but I've never tried to come at her with a wheel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start my own competing show to John Romery called The Wheel of Fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's an awesome dude. I'm going to get him on this here call-in podcast. As I've explained to Patrick Scott last night, I do a podcast because pretty much every single day that I do comedy or any sorts of comedy-related activity, it's about a 40-minute drive. If I'm lucky, it can get down to 20 minutes at night, but most of the time we're talking about a 40-minute drive. So I'm going to call a comedian every single day and have a conversation about comedy with them on my drive. Oh, good. Let me try to walk away from the car alarm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought that was a harmonica. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, no live band here. Uh, so, I got to ask. So, what? what is... What is a joke? I, I'm always fascinated by this, right? I, I, I think about it all the time, like... You ever say a word over and over and over again until it almost starts losing meaning? Oh, yeah, of course. I get that with jokes sometimes, where, like, I'll just look at my comedy and I'll just, I'll be like, I don't even know what this is. What is a joke? Like, I write down and I keep notes to myself of, like, you know, different joke structures just to remind myself that they exist. What is a joke to you? What do you think? Of what When you go to write comedy, what is your, what is your thought process? You know, I think for the most part, it just turns into some random observation that I have, and it just turns out to be funny. Like, I I don't know. I think one of my better jokes is, you know, my Tinder joke. Match with a lot of black guys because I'm looking for somebody good-looking, taller than me, and in Aurora. See, now that's really funny. So I have this theory that I've never said out loud to anybody, and that's why I'm so glad to do this podcast and talk to comedians and have thoughts I haven't actually expressed even to myself. So I feel like a great joke uh, is it tells a hidden story, right? So you didn't tell them the story, okay? They flash the, the the story in their heads. You didn't say anything about what Aurora was like, but from that joke, we completely know what Aurora, Colorado is like. So I'm fascinated by that, the hidden story, because there's, you know, there's the, the, the switch arounds where it's like, you know, I'm going to say the thing you think I'm going to say, and then you just say the opposite. I like to I like to play a game where I guess people's punchlines, and when they do the old switcheroo, uh, you can almost guess like within a hundred percent. It's kind of ridiculous. Those ones are tough. You got analogies. This is like you know, I was, you know, hamburger. That was more like a you know whatever. It's analogy shit. And then there's that the joke where you do a hidden story, and I'm becoming obsessed with that. Like what is the what is the hidden story you're telling? That one's hilarious. See, so yeah, I like that. That's that's brilliant. Fucking 
looking for the observation. Who was your uh, Who was your comedy idols? Like when did you get into stand up? When you were little? You've been into it for a minute. What was your What's your comedy story? Oh goodness. Well, I mean, what when I uh, I got a little older, I moved out of my sister's room to my own room in the basement, and in the basement was the TV. So my older brother and I would stay up late watching the Thirty Minute Special. You remember? Uh, you remember anybody? Oh, okay, Shapoosha. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, I don't remember anybody in particular. I mean, you know, Maria Bamford. Awesome. Yeah, Bamford. You you seen her most recent Netflix special? Ah, uh, goodness, I don't think I have. <laughs> oh, it's it's really good. Just for I mean, obviously it's hilarious, but it's also brilliant because it starts out in its structure that she's like uh, doing her act to like one person in her house. And then it cuts, and it goes to like her at her friend's house, and she's doing her act to two people. And it just keeps everywhere she goes throughout her day. The audience keeps building until she gets to her closer, which is in front of a sold-out theater. Yes. Okay. It's all coming back to me now. Like there's a point where it's just in somebody's backyard. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's so fucking brilliant. I am obsessed with anything different. Here in Denver, we have two awesome comedians we got uh wes williams and ben duncan and they do a show called meatloaf and the milkman and it's the most out there insane shit and i love it it's like thank god for people doing different shit <laughs> so true oh my god i remember the whole video clip of them promoting their show there was the Allison Rose giving birth to a ham or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Allison, I'm, I don't want to forget anyone, so I probably shouldn't name her, but it's Allison Rose, Olivia Shiling, Michael Isaacs, Ben Duncan, Wes Williams. God, I hope I didn't leave anybody out because they have a whole writing team, which, God, we need more of in Denver comedy. I wish we could get more uh, squads together and have little writing sessions at night. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that's that's why I started uh, to do this podcast because I uh, I was with mental health. I always wanted to like call, I always get depressed and fucking you know it's tough to go out. It's a fucking thirty forty minute drive. Parking, it's cold. Blah blah blah. So I always wanted to, like call. I was gonna start calling a comedian and just like chatting. What's up? Fuck. What's going on? You know, get motivated and then fucking head out to the mics and then. I did the homie Jose McCall's podcast the other night, and he does a phone-in podcast, and I realized, well, if I'm going to call people and, you know, ask them for 20 minutes of their time, I might as well just record it and release it to the podcast. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. So what else? What's, uh, I always ask, uh, I don't have any regular questions yet, but my, my staple so far is, what's the best thing in comedy right now? What, what's, what's awesome for you? What are you excited about? Gosh, I'm just excited to see a lot of my friends in comedy uh, getting into comedy festivals. I mean, gosh, last night, what, Four Corners Comedy Festival producers were there, and I'm yes. super stoked for you guys. Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, Jill from Four Corners Festival came in to see the show, and I don't, I don't ever toot my horn about the shit I do. My stand-up? average fine whatever you know like the ted talk show i do pretty standard you know this is stand-up comedy fucking punchline jeopardy is one of the craziest things ever it's so goddamn funny i can't even like 
explain to people it's so in the moment and raw it's like it's fucking it's hilarious so yeah we're gonna go down and do it to open up the four corners corners festival in august down in durango colorado which is pretty sick considering we started doing it in kingas you've done it at kingas i love it at kingas kingas i mean how how would you describe it uh the worst thing ever party open mic it's so much fun yeah we smoking out on the patio go from there yeah so it started organically which is probably my favorite thing about it we didn't just jump right into it it kind of showed itself and grew every single day so yeah i'm definitely stoked about it fuck yeah see that's how nice of a person you are is i was like hey what's going good in comedy and you're like other people are succeeding and i'm happy it's like oh that is not how stand-up comedy usually works. Normally, it's like, oh, these fucking pricks. I'm funnier than them. <laughs> oh, God, I know half of it is just going to be showing up, and the fact that I'm not out tonight is just like, oh, okay, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's so hard to get out every single night. Tonight, I was going to try to get to Growlers, and then I do Uber Eats for my in between work and uh, they're doing like a fat ass bonus tonight so I'm not going to be able to make it all the way over there but tomorrow is the late night mic over at uh, Phil Corridor's hosting 10 o'clock comedy party that's right I'm so excited about that uh, I'm going to bring my little brother Jack hopefully he's in town from New York City dope yeah that's awesome so well then your answer is that you love other people and you're happy for them let me ask you this what pains you in comedy what is the what is the nightmare of doing stand-up right now or in general Uh, that is a good question i guess it's just you know new material when you go up to try it out it just feels like you're going up there for the first time yeah all the nerves like given out under you yeah oh yeah yeah and i had it hanging out with luis martinez fucking he can be a real prick sometimes (laughs) i went up i I have this set that i've been doing for a couple weeks and it's like fire and hot it's actually like uh you know 10 minutes of of pretty good fucking the best shit i've ever had and then I, I was like, all right, that's banked. I'm going to go and put that aside. I'm going to bust out this old shit I've been working on, see if I can't hammer it out. And I go to Scruffy's, you know, and I do it. And it's just tepid and bullshit, no laughs, you know, little, you know, chuckles or whatever. And then at the end of the night, fucking outside smoking weed with Corey and everybody. And Lou's just like, why don't you try to get some fucking punchline, homie? I'm like, fuck you, bitch. I'm up there trying. And then to his credit, and then I had a good set a couple of nights later. He's like, hey, you're fucking funny tonight. It's like, you're an asshole, but I appreciate that you're one of the only people giving honest feedback, Lou. <laughs> there you go. It's a big, it's, it's a big dick and clit suck fest in Denver. Oh, yeah, you did so good. You did so good. It's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we both know it was tepid bullshit. Oh, man. I know. Like, I'm probably part of the problem in that case. Because I'm just like, hey, you went on stage. You did a great job. You did, I liked this part. And, I know. Yeah. Because yeah. I want to be supportive. And that's kind of the, we get Stockholm Syndrome, like, in the in the scene, where it's like you start to think that the, the best people in Denver, you know, it's like, oh, man, it's like, that's the fucking pinnacle. And then you realize, like, oh, we're in Chris D'Elia's pool you know i don't know if my comedy 
can really hold up to a guy like Chris D'Elia or freaking Theo Vaughn or Andrew Schultz. Like, these guys are like uh, Chris DiStefano, fucking... I mean, there's so many killers. Santino, Tony Hinchcliffe, just mass murderers. And I look at those guys and I go, oh, compared to that... I get how we're supposed to compare. Look where you came from. You're doing so good. Keep going. But when you look at the, the tip of the mountain, you go, oh, boy. This is going to be a long climb. Of course, it's all about relativity. Yeah, but that's the great thing uh, Patrick Scott said last night. He's been doing comedy seven years, and he's like, you know, it could get you could get depressed. So a lot of your friends after you've been doing it seven years, a lot of your friends that sucked, they quit, and a lot of your friends that were good end up kind of leaving. So the longer you do comedy, the more kind of isolated you start to feel, and the more. And he's just pretty much said, I never quit because I love the art. I'm in it for doing it, not like to be on Comedy Central or Netflix or some shit, you know. It's important to remember that because, God damn it, there we all can't open for Cat Stevens, you know. So we're not all gonna be unpaid regulars at Comedy Works. So we're gonna have to hit the road and go figure out who the fuck we are on our own. Oh sounds amazing though that's the game we have chosen well miss megan we are almost to 20 minutes already that's how fast these podcasts can go holy cow yes so you're gonna be my third release podcast and it's gonna be dope i appreciate you so much for taking time away from your brothers and i hope to see them at phil corridor's mic tomorrow or at least one of them yeah yeah the little one would probably be down to go out Fuck yes. Well, then if anyone's in town, go catch Megan next Friday. Double header. Growler's fucking uh, Lisa Lane. She's over there hosting over at Growler's off of, you know, what is it? Sheridan over there in that area. Fucking amazing show. Great food. Some of the best food. And then John Rummery's Wheel of Doom. Catch, if I swear to fucking Christ, if you hear my voice, go watch Megan O'Neill humiliate herself for comedy. <laughs> Because, God damn it, I hope I can be there. (laughs) Megan (laughs) O'Neill, you are a goddamn angel. Thank you so much for doing my little mental health podcast, and I will see you out on the comedy battlegrounds. See you out there. Thanks, Josh. All right, bye. Bye. Hi guys, it's Josh Grambo. Wow, Megan O'Neill. What a nice lady. She's one of my favorite people in all of the Denver comedy scene. Her greatest comedy experience right now is her friend succeeding. Who says shit like that? Goddamn nice person, that's who. And I fucked up there at the end. I mentioned Lisa Lane's show, Friday Nights at Growler's. That's part of the downside of driving while you do this podcast is sometimes my attention slips while I'm about to die in an accident. I said growlers. I meant to say Saturday night at Nowhere Bar. Nowhere Bar, O'Shea Bogus, and Nyland Vigil. Two good guys. So go check her out there. And definitely go check out John Rummer's show, Wheel of Doom. I wasn't over-exaggerating. It's one of the most unique comedy experiences in Denver for sure and maybe in the country and I'm not kidding I'm 
actually quite scared to do it. Who wants to wear a diaper and eat hot chili and try, try to do comedy? That's scary to me, you know. I want to show as the least skin as humanly possible. So go check out Megan O'Neill, guys. This was another great conversation. If you made it to this point, thank you for listening. And if you're a stand-up comic and I don't have your number, hit me up on Facebook, message me, and you might just get a call. This is Comics with Grambo, and I'm out.